0: Today we're gonna to talk about the courtroom. Next week we're gonna talk about the crown. You don't wanna miss it. It's gonna be amazing as we get into as we continue into these series on awakening and what God is doing. So I have a question for you. Have have you ever have you ever wondered really why so few of your prayers get answered sometimes? How many would like to see more of your prayers answered? And sometimes we, we, we just wonder why we're not seeing more healings and more signs and wonders. So what if this morning I can show you how to pray in such a way that more of your prayers could be answered? Now, 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 now let, me, let me clarify this. When I, when I talk about prayers being answered, I'm talking prayers according to the will of God. A lot of times we throw prayers out there, <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah. They're, they're really for just stuff we want, and it's out of God's will, and then we wonder why our prayers aren't answered, and my word to you is, thank God he didn't answer them. <laughs> that probably would have been more trouble than it would have been worth. The perfect illustration of this is is a prayer request I got from a lady. This was quite a few years ago, and she wanted someone else's husband. And I said, well, you know, God's not going to do that. He's not going to break up a marriage. And she said, well, God said he'd give me the desires of my heart, and I desire that man. True story. I said, yeah, but your desires have to be in line with God's will. We're assuming that the desires of your heart, you're desiring the same thing God desires. You can't pray outside of His will. So some of the things we pray for, and let's face it, some people, their only prayer life is give me this, give me that, give me, give me, give me that. That's their whole prayer life, and when they don't get what they think they need or want or enjoy, then they blame God, and they get upset, and they, you know, all this stuff. So we need to pray according to the will of God. Your desires need to be His will. We understand that, first of all. So I want want to look at uh, a, a story that Jesus told in Luke chapter 18. Familiar passage of Scripture, but we're going to drill down on it a little bit and see if we can't, can't figure out um, exactly what, maybe what we're doing wrong and what we could do right to see more prayers answered. Now, as I read through this, don't assume that you think you know the answer just by, just by what I'm reading. Because I'm going to preach this a little differently maybe than what you're used to. One day Jesus taught the apostles to keep praying. To keep praying, right? And never stop or lose hope. So he shared this illustration with them. Can I I read some scripture? You okay? In a certain town there was a judge, say a judge, a thick-skinned and godless man who had no fear of others' opinions. And there was a poor widow in that town who kept pleading with the judge, grant me justice and protect me against my oppressor. Any of you ever been oppressed? Uh-huh. He ignored her pleas for quite some time, but he, she kept asking. Eventually he said to himself, This widow keeps annoying me. Demanding her rights, and I'm tired of listening to her. Even though I'm not a religious man and don't care about the opinions of others, I'll just get her off my back by answering her claims for justice, and I'll rule in her favor. Then she'll leave me alone. Mm -hmm. The Lord continued. Did you hear what the ungodly judge said? That he would answer her persistent request. Don't you know that God, the true judge, say the true judge, will Grant justice to all of his chosen ones who cry out to him night and day. He will pour out his spirit upon them. He will not delay. He will not delay to answer you and give you what you ask for. Uh God will give swift justice to those who don't give up. So be ever praying, ever expecting, just like the widow that was with the judge. Yet when the Son of Man comes back, will he find this kind of persistent faithlessness in his people? What will he find when he comes back? So let's look at this. The first thing I want you to notice uh, about this woman is that she has no recourse. The judge ignores her because she has no influence. Do do you ever just feel like you're in a situation where I don't know anyone who can help me? I don't have enough money to get out of this. I'm just completely alone. I'm completely helpless. He he didn't. Listen, if he helps this woman, nobody's going to care. He's not going to get any extra votes on election day. No, one, no one's going to say, Atta boy." No one's going to care one bit if he helps this woman. And if he doesn't help this woman, no one will hold it against him. That's the culture that they lived in then. This woman had, 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 had no man to speak for her. In that culture, you have to have a man speak to, for you. Aren't you glad, ladies? You don't have to have a man speak for you. That was pretty weak, but that... <laughs> <laughs> But that's just the truth of it. That's just the way it is. You have to have a husband or a father or, or at least a brother. Somebody needs to step up, but she apparently had nobody. All she had was her persistence. She was a nagging woman. Probably why she didn't have a husband, but it worked. <laughs> She has no influence and no abilities. But the one thing she did have was she persistently pleaded, pleaded. In our court system today, you can plead guilty or 99% of the time they plead innocent, even though they're guilty. Because if you plead guilty, it's over. If you plead innocent, you can at least plead down or figure out a a way to, you know, get off the hook or get a more lenient sentence. So most people plead innocent or they plead not guilty. I guess that's the plea, right? Guilty or not guilty. But for Christians, there's another plea. Because the fact of the matter is we're guilty. Come on. Is there any? Okay. Who hasn't sinned? Let me see your hands. Okay, because I was going to call you a liar if you raised it, which is a sin. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Just because you've been saved 20 years doesn't mean you're all that. Come on now. I mean, you may be better than you were, but you're not as good as you should be. Yeah, There's just something in the psyche of people to where if they can find somebody worse than they are, they feel Okay well i'm not as bad as you know and when you're comparing yourself to hitler and genghis khan you're pretty far down there huh. But there is another plea because we have to plead guilty. The the evidence is stacked against us. There's no way we can win in in Satan's court. Amen. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's the one dragging us into court. He's the one that's accusing us before the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one pointing fingers and a few other church people. He's the accuser of, of of the brethren, but we have another plea. We don't plead not guilty because that would that wouldn't be true, and we we can plead guilty. But there's a third plea. We can plead the blood. People talk about this all the time. Well, I plead the blood. They don't even know what they're talking about. We're talking about going into God's heavenly court. And we say, look, I'm guilty, but I plead the blood. Because of the blood, I'm forgiven. Because of the blood, woo! glory to God, even though I've sinned, I am innocent. I get to go to heaven. I get to be blessed. I get to be, you know, I get to receive all the inheritance of heaven, amen. Not because I'm all that, but because I plead the blood. When the devil comes to accuse you, plead the blood. Now, you beginning to understand what I'm saying? People just say, I plead the blood, I plead the blood. They don't even know what they're talking about. You're in a courtroom. Plead it. The devil has to say, Okay, he can't do anything about it. He's already defeated, but you have to plead it. You have to go into heaven's court and plead the blood of Jesus in order to get forgiveness. Can I get an amen if you understand what I'm saying? Number two, I want you to notice that she doesn't directly fight her enemy. In this passage, nowhere does it mention who it was that was attacking her. There's no name. There's no situation. None of that is important, apparently. Jesus doesn't talk about it. She doesn't talk about it. The point is simply this. I have a case, and I need to take it to a judge. I have a case and I need to take it to a judge. Now, he, he's talking about being persistent. You gotta stay at this, but that's not the main point. Underneath all this is, is something really that we gotta get a hold of, okay? She she pleads directly. Now listen, in, in today's day and age, if someone stole your property. You can go to that person's house, kick open the door, hit them in the face, cause a ruckus, cause a fight, and get your stuff back. Is that the right way to do it? But you know what? In our day and age, you don't have to kick open doors and slam people in the face. You have a court system. You go to the court. Amen. You may not even speak to your adversary. You may not even address your adversary. You might see them in court, and they're going to have a say. How many know the devil will have a say? But you go to court, and you let the judge decide. She doesn't directly fight her enemy. Now, I know the Bible says we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And I know the Bible says resist the enemy. But does that really mean that we're, that we're actually in a fight or we're taking it to court? Oh, it's quiet in the house. I mean, physically, can we fight the devil and win? I, no. Even spirit on a spiritual level, can we? I mean, not, not in ourselves. I don't think it's so much. You know, some, of, some spiritual warfare, it's so blown out of proportion. It makes the devil stronger than he really is. And we got to wrestle against him. And, and, we, and we spend our whole prayer. You know, some people, their whole prayer life is fighting devils. Every day they're fighting devils. Well, there's plenty of them. And if you want to fight them, go look for them. Some people they look for devils. I learned a long time ago, he finds me anyway. I don't need to go looking for devils, don't need to find devils. Come on. Some people there they're a whole idea of spiritual perceptionism. Which devil is here right now? Instead of looking for the presence, they're looking for the devil. They're looking for a fight, they're street fighters. They want to they tussle. They want to fight. They want to get into it. Amen. But I don't know that we're really called to do that. Because there's a better way to fight the devil. Take him to court. You're still fighting. You're still wrestling against principalities and powers. But you're not doing it in yourself. You're doing it in the courtroom. Come on, I'm trying to teach you how to pray. You need to go into heaven's court. And as you pray, you need to plead the blood, first of all. That gets you off the hook. And then when you win your case, you need to press the case against the devil who lied against you and lock him up. Lock the devil up. Glory to God, amen. Oh, yeah, you can chain him, you can stop him, amen. amen. So it's a it's a legal battle. That's the next point. It's a legal ba- battle. Now look, like maybe this is foreign to you, but how many how many legal terms do you hear in scriptures? How many times do we talk about heaven's court? How many, how many know that we have an advocate? We have a lawyer. How many know that everything should be in, done in the presence of two or three witnesses? How many know we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses? How many times is God called the judge? How many times are we called to testify? Glory to God. What are you doing when you're testifying? You're walking into heaven's court and saying, He he helped me. He healed me. He delivered me. This is what He did for me. He saved me. He touched my family, my home, my finances. Healed my back. Touched my heart. Amen. I want to testify. You're in God's court. Amen. Tell the truth. How many times do we talk about mercy? How many times do we talk about justice? We need to lay our case before the Lord and let him settle it. I'm telling you, you can get every one of your prayers answered if you go into God's court and simply press your case. Now, if you've never done this, if this is totally foreign to you, it's going to take a while for you to get used to it and understand it and work it. But you begin to pray this way. You begin to understand you're in God's court. You have a situation. And you need to present your case. Yeah, but the devil. Yeah. He's, he's the accusing attorney. He's the one that wants to lock you up. But you have a better case. You can always plead the blood. And when you plead the blood, you always win. Is anyone hearing what I'm saying? Present your case. This is how we pray. Now, The court has a protocol. I looked that word up, protocol. It's the customs and regulations dealing with diplomatic formality, precedence, and etiquette. In other words, there's a right way and a wrong way to present yourself in the court. When the judge comes in, you stand. Hallelujah. Come on now. And, And the accuser always presents his case first. But then the defense. So the accuser will say what he wants to say, but you get to get on your knees and present your case before the Lord, pleading the blood of Jesus. There's a way to get into the court. See, the problem with this woman is she couldn't even get in the court. The judge didn't want anything to do with her. And by the way, that judge is not like our judge. Jesus makes that clear. This judge is not, God is not sitting there in heaven saying, I don't know if I want to hear this case. This woman, she's just nagging me. That's, the point of this is not that you need to nag God. The point is that if this judge will finally give in, who is ungodly, and unjust, and doesn't care about her, if he'll eventually give way, how much more will your heavenly Father? In fact, he says, I'll decide quickly. I'll I'll settle the case quickly. I'll come quickly if you persevere, if you don't give up. It doesn't have to be a long thing. God's not playing cat and mouse with you. We know, though, that trials sometimes press on. But there's a way to get into the courts. Psalms 100, verse 4 and 5, and, and you're, you're aware of how to, how to get into God's court, how to approach the courtroom of God. There's a way to do that. But By the way, when we talk, today when we talk about courtrooms, we get a different kind of idea about a courtroom than we do in ancient times. Watch this now. In ancient times, the king was the judge. Now, if a kingdom was large, he had to delegate that. But until 1776, there really is no separation of the judicial and the executive. Lord, they don't know their social studies. I don't. <clears throat> they're, they're, a- amen? Amen. The judicial in our system puts a check on, on, the, on the executive. But back then, uh, the king decides everything. And maybe someone else decides lesser cases. Remember Moses? They all came to Moses. And Moses said, I can't handle all this. So he appointed people over 1,000, people over 100. But they represent the judgment of the king. Uh, how, many, how many know there's a book in the Bible called Judges. That was before Israel had a king, so that the leaders over Israel were called judges because the main reason for their leadership was to was to make decisions about legal matters. Amen. How many know that we, we talk about the courtroom, but the word court comes from the king's court. So when we talk about courtrooms, we're talking about the king's court. When we talk about a legal system in the Bible, we're talking about Jesus, or God, the Father, being the judge and the Holy Ghost being the advocate. And Jesus being a witness that you're okay and that he died for you and paid the price for your sins. Oh, you've got a witness there. Amen. And the devil comes against us. But listen, we have a heavenly court. When we talk about courts, courts were, a court was where decisions were made. Everything was weighed, and and an outcome came out of the courtroom. Mm. That's why if you could be the person who gets to wait on the king, how blessed you were, how blessed you would be to stand in the presence of the king and hear the judgments of the king. Wow. Wow. Come on, church. It's kind of like, how many remember when Gabriel, uh, can I get into Christmas a little bit? <laughs> Remember, Gabriel comes to Mary. I mean, Gabriel comes to uh, Ze- Zechariah and said, Your son, will; his name will be John the Baptist. John. And he questions it. And, he, and, and Gabriel says, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. What, we, what was Gabriel saying? I was in court the day it was proclaimed. Don't argue with me. I was there. I know what God said. You're gonna have a son, uh, John. Uh, you're gonna have a son, Jechura, and his name's gonna be John. And and he's oh, and he's gonna be a forerunner for Jesus the Messiah. I was there. Don't you mess with me. I was in the courtroom. And I'm telling you, what you hear in the courtroom, you need to shout it from the housetops. Amen. You need to shout it, I'm healed. You need to shout it, I'm whole. You need to shout it, I'm saved. You need to shout it, I'm okay. You need to shout it, I'm blessed. Somebody give him a praise in the house. Woo! How do we get in? For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Enter. Say enter. Enter his gates. How? You don't get into God's presence grumbling and complaining. You don't get in there. (laughs) Say, oh, God, you messed with me. Why do you do so? No, no, no. You come by thanking him. Thanking him. Amen. And into his, you get through the gate giving thanks. And into the courts, everybody stands when the judge comes in. That's honor. The problem with a lot of us is we've never learned how to honor the presence. We've never learned. We don't honor the presence. We're just here on Sunday mornings. That's what we do we got to learn how to honor, oh, that's another whole message. Be thankful to him, right, and bless his name. How about Psalms 92 and verse 3? Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. Two different things. You're planted in the house, but you flourish in the courts. Oh, Lord, that's, oh, I could preach there an hour. Psalms 84 and 10, yeah. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Yeah, because this is for a day in your court. I'd rather be in God's court than anywhere else because in God's court, I hear the truth. In God's court, I hear the declaration. In God's court, he sides with me. So I'd rather be in his courts One day, just give me one day in a courtroom. How many times you see it on TV? I just want my day in court. Yeah, because they think they're going to win. And in the meantime, they're getting beat up and plundered, and and everything on Twitter is blowing up, and everyone's talking about it. But then they get to court, and they go, oh, you know what? They're not guilty. I want my day in court. Anybody wants your day in court? One day, say one day, one day in court is better than a thousand anywhere else because that's when I get the judgment that I need. Last point is this, everyone can come to court. Remember what I said about this widow? Remember what I said about this widow? There was no, no one would hear her case. No one cares about this woman. This is this is. Uh, give me just a minute to set this up. But in Acts chapter fifteen, we we hear about we hear about in the last days, God's going to restore what David's tabernacle. Another way of saying this is God's going to restore David's court. Now, now catch this. C- can I teach just for a minute? I know I'm supposed to yell at the end, but I'm not. Listen. Listen to this. Isn't that stupid? (laughs) Lord help me. In Moses' tabernacle, there were three courts the outer court, the inner, and the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies, only one person could go. Once a year. In the inner court, only the priests could go. Mmm, Jesus. Did you know they had a court outside? They called it the women's court. You know why they called it the women's court? Because that's as far as the women could go. Ouch. If you were a Gentile, you couldn't even get in. If you're a woman, they'll let you in the first court. But that's as far as it gets. But in, now catch this. David's tabernacle only had. No, oh, you'll get it tomorrow. David only had one court. Whew. There 's none of this some of us can go and some of us can't and there's none of this some of us are more blessed than others and there's not about, not about some of us are more privileged because we have more money or we're a certain race or we believe a certain way or or we're just all that or or my daddy's this, and my my grandma did that and uh, listen, there's none of that. heaven's court, heaven's court has only one court, and everybody can go. It doesn't matter if you're a woman doesn't matter if you're black, white, yellow, green, polka doll, whatever you are amen you can come into the court amen doesn't matter if you're just saved doesn't matter if you're not saved you can You come in and plead the blood of Jesus in the court, amen. Everybody's welcome in the court. Everybody comes to the court, not just the preacher, not just the the bishop, amen. Everybody can come to the... Come on, ladies, you ought to be praising the Lord. It used to be everything was segregated and and just the better can move forward. But in David's tabernacle, in David's court, everybody... It said in in Acts, uh, I didn't read it, but it said in Acts that that David's tabernacle was for the inclusion of the Gentiles. It's not just for Jews, but everybody, everybody. I'm preaching to everybody today that you can go to the courtroom and plead your case. Give him a praise as you stand to your feet. Woo! Father, Father. Oh, you're the judge of all the universe. I need my case tried. Lord, I bring my sickness, I bring my depression, I bring my difficulties, I bring my past. I bring my financial problems. I bring it to the court. I'm sick and tired of the enemy harassing me, holding me back, lying to me. I'm tired of it. It's not up to me to defeat him. He's already defeated, so I have every legal right to go to your courtroom and declare my freedom. Freedom. Because he's already legally bound. Everyone can come to court. Everybody can come to the throne of grace. Everybody can go into the holy of holies. Everybody can touch him. Every case can be heard. doesn't matter doesn't matter who you are today you say I don't even know how to pray you don't have to pray just talk to him